Welcome to Sketch Magazine Podcast, hosted by Bill Nichols, Senior Editor of Sketch Magazine, John Wilson, Editor of Sketch Daily over at ComicRelated.com, and myself, Robert W. Hickey, Publisher of Sketch Magazine and Co-Founder of Blue Line. Come back after the music and find out what we have to offer in this episode. Hey, what's up, creators? This is John, and you have once again located the Sketch Magazine podcast. I am here, as always, with Sketch Publisher, Bob Hickey, Sketch Editor, Bill Nichols, and tonight, Yitzi Hayes, this one's for you, because we are going to talk about how to take your characters and turn them into a story. How are you guys to do? How are you guys doing tonight, if I could use the English language properly? Doing great, John. Doing good, John. This is Bob. And prior to that, that was Bill. So, um, characters. You've got a character. That's great. You know, everyone's got characters jumping around in their head. Or maybe not everyone, but, you know, weirdos like us do. Um, (laughs) And then how do you take that character and build a story around that? Uh, Well, it really isn't just one thing about about having a character uh, if that's what you are concerned with I mean I know I I have seen in the past uh, comic book companies quote unquote really just a group of guys doing comics and they had tons and tons of characters but no real story no real comic you know something they were working on but um I, I mean, I've seen that, and I know other people, and I've been around friends of mine in the past who have characters and characters and characters. And you ask them what you know, and they'll they'll tell you what the story is. I mean, what their you know their powers are, but not so much what the you know how they got them, the backstory, you know all that. So really, if you have a character, let's say you have one major character and you know three supporting. If you take that character and you write the backstory, if, if you're at a loss of what to do with this character, I mean, really, why just come up with characters just out of the blue, really? Yeah, uh, what are you going to do with it after that? Say, well, I have this great character. Well, what are you going to do with it? I don't know. Go to the, take the next step. If, if you're at a loss for where it's going to go, look at where the character might have been. Look at the backstory. Um, the history of that character, look at the history of the other characters, the history maybe of if it's um, your own city or New York City, or how do they interact within that? Do they do they connect? Do their, their lives connect and how? And out of those things, out of those um, notes or stories or whatever, timelines, project it the other way and go forward how would they possibly um, connect if you threw some sort of inciting incident in there maybe if it's a superhero story maybe there's a murder how you know or a big bank robbery or something you know things that superheroes do Um, 
don't don't it really come down that you need to know those characters though? Yeah. You know what I mean? Because I've always said that Blood and Roses write themselves. Right. I throw them into the middle of a mess, and I know how each characters would handle this, and how right. they would get out of it. So, really, I don't know if you sit down and say, "Okay, you got this handful of characters. Here's this story. Throw them into the middle." To me, that seems generic. Um, unfortunately, to me, at some points, it sort of feel I would, uh, and Brant's probably going to get pissed at me, but cross gen. <laughs> You know, so much of cross-gen stories feel, feel like they had these cool characters. They threw them into the story. It didn't mesh. Now, some of it did. A um, couple of them that, that Marvel just recently brought out, I thought, were the better ones uh, of the characters that they did. Um, but, you know, you got you got to know those characters, and they will write the story for you. But like you were saying, bank robber or whatever, how would they handle that? And what the situation is. Sorry, didn't mean to cut you off. Bill. No, no, no. That's exactly right. Um, no, if you know your character and if you created this person, because you know, to you that should be a person, or you know, it should be a, a not so much a living, breathing thing, but um, like you said with Blood and Roses, you should know them. Mm-hmm. And then when you start writing, you can hear the dialogue in their head. In your head, their dialogue, what they're saying, um, their thoughts, their actions, because those things are dictated. You, because, because you know the character so well, you know how they would act or how they would react. Um, so no matter what setting you put it in, like with Brother Blood and Roses, I told you a while back about um, an, another arc that I'll do sometime, the, the Greek one mm-hmm. and all that. Well, you know, I know those characters fairly well, too. Right. So... That's not, you know, I know, and plus Cronus, who's mm-hmm. actually fun to write. Mm-hmm. Uh, knowing how those people connect with each other, because there's always friction between them, and we find out why. why? We've already found out why, you know? Right. So, and if you want to know why, you have to go read the stories. Hello. And they'll be out soon in digital. So, knowing knowing the characters helps do the other stuff so if but if you are at a loss for a story just come up with something right just brainstorm that's the whole thing about being a writer is is writing is creating scenarios not just the characters not just um maybe just one main plot but even the subplots that because you want to make this thing interesting too um sometimes it's the back the 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 characters in the background who sometimes flesh out the character in the foreground, and that's, you know, it kind of all works together. And sometimes a simple, a, a small character can become a a main role character too, as it, it for some reason develops within the story or fits within, fills a hole in the story that you need a character to fill. Right, it becomes a a sort of a, a counterpoint to the main character, or a an opposite number in a way, or. Um, keeps things in balance. Mm-hmm. You know, uh, it, I know the Camelot Forever story, it, it's probably what I've been working on lately, is that start off with a very simple concept of taking King Arthur from the middle of the final battle to modern day. And then I had to create all these characters around him, and all of a sudden, creating this storyline 
sort of branched off to these young knights, these modern students, and it's like this. It, it, for me, it steamrolls. It's not not that I can't write. It's like, oh shit, there's too much. You yeah, know? you can't write fast enough. Exactly. So, and then you got and you know piece stuff together, maybe give little tidbits of of stuff that you want to do down the road with the other characters. So, um, I am working on a new character myself that I'm having a lot of trouble with because. It's just dark characters, and I'm getting way too much "quote unquote" Batman into it. You know, I want to be like a dark superhero, but I can't. Every time I attempt it, it's like, oh wait a minute, that's just that's just Batman. I can't do that. So it's the first time I've had really trouble, and it's probably because I'm not feeling it yet. I don't know the character yet, so I probably myself I need to backtrack, really develop who this character is, where he came from, and then let the stories roll from that. I think I'm just trying to pigeonhole him into into somewhere in this universe for me, and it's not working. So, what are you doing it before you're ready? Exactly. You know, a lot of guys. Uh huh. I'm sorry, John. Oh no, I was gonna say, what do you guys think? Going even more basic than that, what what do you guys think about building your story around, say, the nationality of the character or the gender of the character? It's like, okay, the character's Asian. Why is the character Asian? Build a story around that. The character's a woman. Okay, why is mm-hmm. the character a woman? Build a story around that. What what do you think of that as? As a well, jumping was, off point for a story. She was an Asian woman. I just contact my friend Dave Mack. Say, help me. Now, help me. Help me. Now, I love Dave's and kabuki stuff. Draw uh, the cover for me. Yeah, exactly. Um, I think you can. You know, I, I play with time a lot. So I play with on those characters, They their time, you know, uh, where they're from. So I think you can base characters around if they're female in the situation that characters... But it really comes down female or situation, who they are. You got to know who they are and what you want to do with that character. Always seem to come back to you've got to really understand who that character is before you can really write them. I mean, I've always, when I was younger and really wanted to do this, you know, I was like, oh man, I want to write the X Men. Right now, I wouldn't want to write the X Men. I wouldn't really want to write any Marvel or DC book because I think it would be you'd have to spend so much time getting in the, the heads of these characters to really write a fair story. That, you know, I don't know how guys like Mark Wade and Warren Ellis do it. How they can just jump on and crank it out. Maybe they have a formula, you know, that they use. I don't know. I don't have a formula. I just sort of roll with it. Didn't Keeping the continuity would be tough, so, you know. Didn't, didn't somebody... Yeah, exactly. We know... Sort of get get upset and leave comics because of, of writers who wrote your formula. Mm, sounds familiar, but I can't place it. But yeah, you can't write with a formula. You you need or you can maybe you can I can't. But you know yeah. some of these big guys they can just jump on these books and roll with them. I can't do it. I gotta know these characters. Um, Probably be the reason I'll never write one of the big titles for Marvel DC, which is fine with me. I'd rather create my own world, my own characters, and and enjoy it. Yeah, I think with 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 the bigger titles, um, if you have multiple writers, there are search there. Um, some characters are iconic where you you're you're almost it's like you're in the ballpark, and of course that's what your editor or your editor and um, the other people around you come in. Uh, 
to sort to keep that that um, you know your writing or your writing characterization on track. Uh, so that helps too. But some writers are just that good that they can jump on with a little research. They read uh, maybe the last I don't know year, two years, whatever, or or more, mm. or they're just you know longtime fans and can step right in because they know some of the history. And, and sometimes you see that where a character, a, a writer knows the history of um, say Spider-Man and can pull something out of Spider-Man's past and make a story out of it. So that happens. You know, right. And, and so it, it, I think it can be either. I think you can. I think if you write for a formula and, that can get you started, but I think you're, you know the other things have to come into play, uh, whether oh. it's creating the other stuff that goes along with it. Right. Well, I know you got guys like Wade, Mark Wade. And I think he just he left Boom and he's what back at DC. John, you're our news guy. Yeah, Mark Wade is back at DC. Yeah, but I mean, Mark knows DC in and out. Just about. He's the comic guy, and you know you got Peter David, who's so connected with the Hulk, even though he's was it twenty years. You know he, he can always jump back in and crank out Hulk stuff, a lot of his stuff. But there's so there's guys who's connected, and there again they know know the property. But again, what we're talking about is taking your characters and creating a story. You know your characters, throw them into a situation, you know, and then let it write itself out. Write these characters through the storyline and move them to you know where you want them if you're setting up your next story or if you're doing a a uh, independent story and get them there right and maybe your first attempt doesn't fly maybe it doesn't work as well Mm -hmm. try something else and because that's real and if you're a fledgling then you have to consider this practice or a work in progress and and get to where you know the if you don't make the attempt, you're not going to get there. If you're just going to create the characters and, and just constantly do that, then you're not you're going to miss out on the other stuff with your characters. Um, you know, what seeing what the, what they do because that's part of the joy of, of creating a lot of times. Just you know, one one thing is giving birth to them. The other thing is you know seeing them grow up. Right. So. Then you do shit like give them boyfriends, and the guy comes in and says, I don't want that, and he blows up the spaceship, right? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Oh, read Blood and Roses. You'll find out all about that. Um, <laughs> yeah, that <laughs> sorry, was subtle. Bill. <laughs> sorry, Bill. <laughs> it's okay. Don't don't even mention it anymore. Because yeah. <laughs> he's not dead, actually. Oh, really? Oh. oh. There you oh, go. He, he's not dead, and Infinity will come back, actually. Oh, cool. Well, I told you about that, though. Right there. Yeah. I have told you. Cool. So, just because you saw the body of Infinity doesn't mean it's dead. Right. It's still it's legging around. It's a thing Maybe. called paradox. Maybe. Yeah. We'll uh, see. I mean, well, you know, that's in the future. And that's right. that's the cool thing, too, because we, you know, we play off each other. And, mm-hmm. you know, the future of Blood Roses goes forward. And so. don't don't hesitate there again. Throw a big curve in this stuff, and then have to write yourself out of it. It's going to make you stronger. Right. You know, basically with Blood and Roses, 
you had gotten it to a point and we knew in sales wasn't great in print and everything that we I we shelved it and we shelved it for a few years and then when we brought it out I wanted a fresh start with the girls so it was like we were able to end it with that special and and basically we're able to start a fresh start without those storylines even though that stuff like you said we can always bring it back into the mix um, it's a cool thing about time but you know don't hesitate throwing yourself a curve and then have, make yourself write yourself out of it because it's going to make you a much stronger writer you know I mean but you can't cop out you know you can't always kill your characters off and have clones in the closet waiting to pop out that's 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 sort of a cop out um yeah speaking of cop outs um yeah. well i've seen this yes i'm such a cop out um speaking of <laughs> that um i've seen this done really well and i've seen it done really badly that they take some small thing like uh, say okay my gun. This is my gun. Where did I get this gun? You know, building it around something small like mm-hmm. their gun or their costume or, you know, something like that. You know, they, they've they done that with Superman a couple of times. They took what was essentially, you know, just this quick costume thing and built this whole Ma Kent soded and all this other stuff uh, sort of thing. So... What do you what do you guys think of that as a potential story idea? Is that kind of lame, or is that something that could potentially be mined for some decent stories? Well, sometimes it can be like with Superman. Uh, I mean, I remember reading a story one time where his uh, he was wondering why people thought of Clark Kent. This is way back in the Kurt Swan days. Why people thought Clark Kent was kind of wimpy. And he had the the uh, sketch artist at the Daily Planet draw a picture of him, draw a picture mm-hmm. of Superman, and, and Clark Kent had sort of a receding hairline, looked older, more uh, gaunt, and it was because the glasses, the lenses in his glasses, uh, were from the porthole uh, from the the uh, starship that brought him to Earth, um, and he was doing super hypnosis of everyone. Oh really? <laughs> yeah. Oh, wow. Yeah. I yeah. like the more current thing better that he just slouches. And, yeah. You know. Yeah. Changes his voice a little bit and stuff. And some some of that stuff just becomes sort of gimmicky in a way. Um, so. Yeah, if you if you're writing things like Superman Family or Batman Family, and then you come up with Superman Two and you know, Batman 2 or whatever, you know, all those things uh, that are kind of fillers, yeah. really. And they're not really, and, 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 you know, years from then, they become part of, you know, a crisis of, you know, infinite Earths or something, you know, that it, it has a place in history, but not really a, a solid place. And it, it makes continuity convoluted uh, in that situation. But, I mean, don't settle, really. Well, I, I think you can also take an object like that. You can build a story. You know, you could have a character find a dagger or something and then backtrack that and have that dagger might have played part in a crime or, you know, you yeah. can do that. 
But does that story continue on? That was a one shot. But the mall can't making Superman's costume will always be Superman legacy. Yeah. You know? I was um, thinking even Blood and Roses, you know, to say, okay, uh, what's the deal with the sword? Right. You know, what makes the sword special? Or is the sword special? You, you know what's funny? Big sticker or something, you know? What I have with the artist and um, cover, Kevin Lean, he, you know, he runs around with Brent. Um, doing shows, he he dropped off a Blood and Roses sketch when they were coming back from Florida, and I I was like, you nailed it, Kevin. You guys, what do you mean? I says two things are important with Blood and Roses: the necklace around Rose's costume and the belt around Bloods. I says those have to do with them with time traveling. I've never mentioned it, but those two items have to be on them, no matter what other else they're wearing. So, you know, there's that plays a part. At some point, we will ma- let the readers know how they play a part, whether it's connection with Infinity, which tells you, Bill, can Infinity's still out there, huh? Mm-hmm. Or how. But they do help them hone in on their time travel or stay connected somehow. So I've always made it, you know, you can modify their pants, you can modify their tops a little bit, but those two items have to stay on them. So, yeah, um, no big deal about the swords. Other than it's cool, big, seeing a chick wield a sword is cool. The gun, same way. I've always, the girls, the girls, I dug out the original print for Blood and Roses about a week or two ago and was looking at it. I was like, wow, how did I ever come up with this story of Blood and Roses from this print, you know? It's like, <laughs> wow. I think there's iconic stuff. I mean, Batman always need Alfred, you know? We're sort of getting off subject, I guess, a little bit. Well, not not terribly, but yeah, it I guess it makes sense. Or that kind of brings us back around to the secondary characters that mm-hmm. Bill was talking about at the very mm-hmm. beginning. Um, how important is it to have those background characters? You know, um, how important is it for Superman to have Jimmy Olsen running around? I mean, you know, Lois Lane is kind of a given, but. People like Jimmy Olsen and Perry White and even further out, Cat Grant and Steve Lombard, or, yeah, Lombard, mm-hmm. and people like that. And for people who don't know what I'm talking about, for God's sakes, go read a comic. But, you know. I think it's important. Um, you got to show that your characters have people around them, just like we all have people around us, you know, and how those people play a part of your life and with these characters would play a part of their adventures or how their story moves and who they are. So, yeah, I think it's important to build a cast around your characters. And can those casts build upon themselves and create some? Sure. You know, it depends on how much development you do upon it. But, you know, I, I think a writer makes a mistake when they don't attach and try to develop the cast around the main characters. And I can always go back to that. DC had the greatest chance. They had Jim Lee on Superman. And was it Brian Azzarella who wrote that story? Yeah, I think so. I think it was one of the worst Superman stories ever written. Because it almost felt like at the beginning he was afraid to touch the supporting cast of Superman. And uh, we've talked about this before. He created a preacher who had cancer, who ends up being some type of killer thing at the end, and threw Wonder Woman in it, and this age. I just 
It's like, what the heck is all this, you know? And yeah, we got a little Zod, but it was sort of twisted. And it's like, wow, I, I don't... You got Jim Lee. This should be killer. This should be Infinite Crisis stuff. This should be like, wow. And it wasn't. And it was almost like he was afraid to write the Daily Planet and that whole group and that whole situation. And so he went off and created like this little... I'm going to do this little pocket story here. Dude, you got the greatest artist out there. And you had a chance, and I think it. I don't even own that trade. I don't even want it. And I think the artwork's great, but the story's just. I, I didn't care for it. Bill, you probably haven't read it, have you? No. No? Okay. Well, I can't loan it to you because I don't own it. No, that's okay. Alright. Maybe you can find it in the library or something. I would just look at it. Collecting dust. Ouch. <laughs> now, don't get me wrong. Brian Azarella. He's a great writer. He wrote the Baghdad story with the lions, and I'm doing terrible with names tonight because I'm not. But, oh, my gosh, this was an awesome freaking story that he wrote there. But he was it was a story you could tell he was comfortable with writing, you know? And, and the Superman, just to me, just never felt like it was comfortable. So play upon the sporting cast. Build a supporting cast. Tackle them include them and sometimes they get to spin off into their own thing I mean yeah whoever thought Lois Lane Jimmy Olsen would have their own books for a few years Lois Lane oh gosh I read a story not too long ago I wish I had uh, wish we had Bill Love on here um, I'm trying to think why they launched Lois Lane comics somebody told me once it wasn't because of Lois Lane's popularity. It was a market. It was something to do with, I forget, I forget what it was, but it wasn't a romance thing, was it? No, hmm. it was something to do with marketing, and I'm trying to think if it wasn't. Okay, this is my. I'm horrible with history, but um, World War Two is when women worked in factories and stuff like that, right? Yeah, the Real City Riveter thing, yeah. Yeah, I think it's because women was, was was basically went out and got jobs and was working because all the men was at war. Uh, they okay. were giving them not a romance as much, but as, as a their own type of comic. They were trying to outreach to them a little bit, and it just sort of carried on. So, yeah, it something is. like that, I'm not for sure. Yeah, it is strange, though, with Jimmy Olsen that his thing went like so left field i mean yeah. his thing went new gods yeah <laughs> jimmy yeah. olsen and new gods never quite made a lot of sense to me no no i mean i know it was all kirby stuff but you know it never quite made a bunch of sense to me that it went that direction not that i wanted to get off on some you know <laughs> tangent here but you know since you bring it up yeah, yeah it was always you know i it's cool that all that stuff got uh, you know, introduced in his book, and it did. Uh, it did for many years. I think you hit it right there. They took a Superman supporting character that's popular and used it to introduce a bunch of other stuff. To launch some stuff, yeah. Yes. I guess that would make some sense. Just to get a feel on, because they, you got to remember, a lot of this was coming out. Strictly newsstand, limited space. That's um, true. 
you know, they they tried a lot of things out to try to see what would hit before they actually would launch them. Not like nowadays, where like, oh yeah, let's uh, throw six issues of this, see what happens. No, they wouldn't dream of investing that kind of capital into a product back then to see. So, Jimmy Olsen was very popular character, and he was very popular in the TV, the first Superman uh, Superman TV show. Yeah, that's true. You know, so that's probably why the, the uh, comic spun out of it. Then they used it as launching grounds. I mean, who was it? Jimmy Olsen was everything, wasn't he? Superhero, Elasto Lad. Yeah, Jeez. Turtle Boy, uh, yeah. Wolf, a Wolfman at one time. I think he was Porcupine Boy at one time. Yeah. He was a lot of stuff. But there you go, supporting cast, creating their own stuff. Well, okay. Is there anything else that you guys can think of that we need to cover for this? I think we hit on all the major points. I think so. Yeah. Other than location, we didn't really talk about location, but... Location, location, location. 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 Maybe that would be for another day. Sounds good. No, I think I think we did a good job. Um, so, I, there you go. See, if you have any questions now, give us a buzz. Right. But I think, I think we... Uh, I think we at least got you started. Just create strong characters, and strong characters will write their own stories. Throw them into a situation. Let them write themselves out. Or yeah, to the, you don't want them to write themselves out. You want them to write themselves into the next story. Because you want to keep on going. Right, you want to get them out from one firing pan to the next firing pan. Then you're great, you know. Yep. All right, well, if we're done with that, John, you want to catch us up on what's been going on at the sketch blog at comicrelated.com? Yes, indeed. And it I don't know if it has actually been a long time, but it seems like a long time since about a week uh, and a half. A week and a half, so there's yeah. probably a lot to talk about. Um, the first one, or chronologically going backwards, the first one is uh, by Adi, or I never can say his name, but it's Adi Granov, Granov, Adi Granov, the guy who did all the Iron Man. major design work for the Iron Man movie. Uh, he also uh, did the Avengers Disassembled, Iron Man relaunch, and did a whole lot of covers for for uh, Marvel. Well, he has a step by step tutorial. Now, this is not a video. This is actually a text step-by-step -step tutorial, so you're going to have to click through from this to go to his tutorial, but it's very good. It goes from from simple pencils all the way to the image that I have on the board there, so go check that out. And uh, actually, I have to thank uh, Mr. Eric Adams for that one and the two coming up because he really helped me out in finding those things for me because I was having an issue. So huh. thank you. Thank you, Eric. Thank you, uh, Eric. Yes, from Lackluster you. World. Give from Lackluster World. That's right. Lackluster World. And on this next one, if you look at it, I even have a link that you can click through to check out Lackluster World. Now, uh, last week we were talking about intellectual property and things like that. Um, and granted, this video is from the fashion industry. But it still talks a lot about the same things that we were discussing. A lot of uh, discussion is what's coming up um, as far as people 
trying to nail down their specific intellectual property ideas and how you go about doing that. Because it turns out in the fashion industry, they can rip each other off left, right, and center. Um, and we really don't want that to happen in the comics industry. And, uh, we, there's even been some talk on the boards about that, but I'll let Bill deal with that part. Moving on, um, (laughs) uh, an artist that, uh, that Eric is a good friend with named Jeremy Trace. He does, has done a lot of work for IDW. He's a colorist primarily, but, uh, also does some illustration work of his own. And there's a lengthy session of him creating a book uh beyond that we have an interview brief but still good interview with frank cho um i'm a fairly big fan of frank cho's work have been for a long time back when uh liberty meadows was still called university two yep um i've I've long been a fan of his stuff so check that out Uh, especially if you only know him from the Sheena stuff or the Avengers stuff. Go check that out. Uh, then Adam Hughes doing Flesh Tones. Um, I've been doing a lot of stuff with uh, coloring things lately. Doing a lot of, uh, I've been trying to find a lot of tutorials on coloring things because uh, that's kind of a point of interest for me at the moment. So check that out. He uh, he does a lot of it with marker, so uh, won't help you necessarily as a digital colorist, but the ideas kind of move both ways. Uh, then drawing hands and fists, which is always a you know a difficulty for some artists. Um, you can always tell those artists that don't want to deal with the whole hands and fists thing because you get a lot of superheroes with their hands behind their back or pockets or you know stuff like that. Or sadly, even the Jack Kirby big honking square finger things which was cool when kirby did it but it's not cool when you try to pull it off in 2011 so (laughs) check that video out um speaking of color uh there's a video on understanding color how color works how colors blend color theory stuff you should have picked up in art class but maybe didn't uh it's important to know how your colors work together uh beyond that it's a lengthy video with uh slight bit of nudity so be forewarned uh drawn nudity not person nudity so don't anybody freak out but uh it's about learning to be critiqued and uh being critiqued is something you're going to have to live with if you plan to work in comics you gotta know how to take or critique how to take a portfolio review you know and not get Upset, and I think we've covered that in the past, and maybe we'll cover it more in the future on how to, you know, how to deal with that portfolio review. But here's a little video on getting your stuff critiqued. Uh, beyond that, it's a video of a young lady telling you what you need to think about before you jump into your webcomic. A lot of people are going into webcomics. Uh, our own Bob Hickey has an excellent webcomic called Clay's Way that he'll talk about in a minute. <laughs> and a lot of the people we know either have or are well into creating their own webcomics. So check that out. It's stuff that you really should be thinking about before you jump right in. Uh, beyond that, uh, 
Another important thing that uh, sadly a lot of artists lack this, these days is the ability to draw from their imagination. Reference is a lovely thing, but if you need reference all the time, that is a problem. That is a problem you need to work around. You need to find ways to draw things from your head every now and then rather than having to run to the internet or your um, you know, your iPad and try to find reference for it. Um, beyond that, I've got Phil Jimenez talking about how he works with inkers, um, how he, the good and bad parts of working with inkers, I, I guess is the best way to put that. And I believe that brings us up to date. Awesome. Um, Bill, what's been going on over to sketch? boards and comic um, mentor well comics mentor talking about uh what you need versus what you want sometimes it's the same thing sometimes it isn't but <clears throat> for each person that's different that's on comics mentor and we you know i'm still talking about you know the sparta bay sketchbook and getting sketches in i got a great one from rudy garcia mm-hmm. the other day and there's some others coming, so cool. pretty cool. Um, we're on the uh, comic-related forum community. Uh, there's all kinds of. I mean, I clicked on the, the view new post earlier, and there was you know over a dozen responses for you know different topics. But uh, the Rob Bernito thing still uh, is you know coming up into play, and and not just him, but that whole phenomenon of uh, being ripped off. Uh, one of the letters that we got this week from Emmy Walker. Uh, we got that email on podcast at sketchmagazine.net, which you can use. Uh, I suggested that they check out the uh, our forum topic because I, you know, have it. I have a topic thread for each podcast, and uh, it was very timely because the question was asked, and I said, well tomorrow or you know early tomorrow whenever the next when it was ready scheduled to post check this out and see if the coverage or answer kind of thing so um that sparked some conversation and different people are now we're getting into convention season so some people are getting their portfolios together some people are are making plans for different uh comic cons coming up um some couple people are looking for collaborators some people are just showing stuff out of their sketchbook which is always cool uh, Ralph uh, Vanderhoven uh, does daily sketches. Uh, name drop there. Shout out to Ralph. <laughs> so, uh, yeah, yeah, and, and then he's not the only one. But they're, I mean, they're just different other people. I was just happy to see his again. But he had done an Ursula sketch because yeah, he's trying to do to improve and, and get people's comments. And there are other people who do that and. The forum is uh, encouraging and positive, and sometimes there's some critique, but it's not in a mean way. And that has, you know, that always has, uh, I don't know, resonance with people because it's it's not mean spirited. So that's the cool thing about the board. Um, and uh, let's see. Yeah, just so people know what, why you're 
why you're looking there, Bill. Uh, we don't allow mean people on the board. People yeah. who people who get out of hand get clobbered. So we we invite everyone to the board. We hope you come and have a good time, but play nice. Well, yeah. it 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 keeps um, creativity flowing, and that's one thing that was always great with the afterburn boards. And yeah, when we moved them over to with comic related, they've stayed. You know, a positive area to create and and grow. Yeah, you're gonna get critic not criticized. That's the wrong word. You're gonna get critiqued. You're gonna get suggestions, but hopefully that's what you're there for to get better. But you're not gonna get slammed. No, no, we no, we won't, we won't allow slamming. Exactly. <laughs> Exactly. So, all right, Bill. Well, that's supposed to, and all the the news topics from comic related show up as topic threads, uh, which are worthy of you know topic uh, discussion. So that's always a, a good part of it too, because that's a good place to respond to things that are going on in the comics industry or just you know film, even mm-hmm. TV, all those things. So a lot of interaction there. And a potentially, I don't know if it's a little known fact, but people don't seem to use it a lot. Uh, at the end of every story thread, there is a comment section. So as well as leaving stuff on the boards, you can also leave comments within the overall story area. So just something to put out there to people. Right. Like your sketch poster at the bottom of it. Oh, so yeah. Put a comment, just click it. Leave a comment. That was great. Like to see more. Da da da. And it helps you guys figure out if you're heading in the right direction or whatever. Right. I wish cool. people would utilize that more, especially on the sketchboards, because you know uh, it's nice to know that people are checking it out, other than the occasional email. Right. Cool. Um. Is that it, Bill? Yeah, I think so. Are we caught up? All right. Um, I've been busy at Blue Line, so I haven't done a whole lot creatively this week. Babysitting the office is at Blue Line. And my challenge on Facebook over the weekend was to place more orders to see if I could keep up. And it worked. They placed more orders. And I was able to pull most. So we kept up. So if you order stuff, don't worry. Just because Bob was in the house during the office, your orders got out. And the nice thing is the Blue Line crew is back as of today. So I'm happily handing over the chores of running the office back to them, and I can get back in the studio. Um, but because of that, Clay's Waste Trip will be updated tomorrow, which means it's already been posted by the time you hear this. So it had better be. Um, so um, let's see. I guess that's John. How can they get a hold of you? They can get a hold of me three ways. All of them start with John at. <laughs> Sketchmagazine.net, comicrelated.com, sequentialsupport.com. So John at, one of those three, you'll find me. Bill, how can I get a hold of you? Uh, correct me directly at comicsmentor at gmail.com or find me on the Comic Related forum. You need more email addresses. <laughs> no, he don't. No. <laughs> no. You can reach me at bobh.bluelinepro.com, or you can hit all three of us, as we're starting to get emails in, at podcast at sketchmagazine.net. And uh, send us suggestions on what you want to hear and uh, or with your questions. As you tell us upon this podcast, 
we will look at them and uh, just try to figure out if we can help you or not. So, all right, guys, it's been a good one. Thank you. Thank you. Mm-hmm.